Welcome back to the Technician Academy podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, we sincerely hope you enjoy the discussion. Our host is ASE Master Technician Richard Young, and he takes you behind the scenes with respected industry thought leaders and the industry thought leaders of tomorrow. Every other week, our guests share their industry knowledge with you and explain how the technicians of both today and tomorrow are being impacted. We are excited to have Jeff Buckley here with us today. Jeff owns and operates a one-man shop in Midlothian, Texas called My Father's Shop Certified Automotive Repair. Jeff is also an integral contributor in his community, where he's a part of multiple community organizations and has been instrumental in connecting future employees at the high school level with skilled trade industries in the area. Even though Jeff is the only technician in his shop, he completely understands the value of having properly trained technicians and how real the current technician assorted situation is. We hope you enjoy this episode. We are always open to suggestions and comments, so if you would like to be a featured guest on our podcast, or if there is someone that you would like to hear from, shoot us a message or give us a call today. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for tuning in. Here's your host. Welcome to today's Technician Academy podcast. We're fortunate enough to have Jeff Buckley with us today. He's the owner and master technician at my father's shop, Certified Automotive Repair. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thank you very much, Richard. Well, I appreciate you agreeing to be my guest and on this podcast episode. And, and, and I'm excited about some of the things that we're going to talk about today, which is a little bit different than, than other items that other guests have talked about. We're not necessarily going to talk just about the automotive repair we're going to talk about the skilled trades and 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 solving some issues that the skilled trades are are having well and richard i, I so much appreciate you reaching out and and that was the thing that um kind of um i i learned recently when uh, i had a meeting and uh, that the rest of the industry uh not automotive industry but just industries in general are kind of having the same um, problem bringing young people into uh, the the industry or into the trades that we're having in the automotive industry. And so when you reached out to me, I, I was so interested in sharing that with you. Well, I'm excited about it. Let's uh, first, let's let the listeners know where is my father's shop and and, and what the, a little bit of the history of, of the facility. Well, my father's shop, uh, we're located here in uh, Midlothian, Texas, the big city of Midlothian, Texas. And we're actually just south of Dallas and Fort Worth. We're almost uh, about 30 miles to either uh, Dallas or Fort Worth, just kind of uh, down in between where, where 35 East and 35 W go down. And uh, we've actually been out here. We, we uh, moved out here and we were... Uh, in the county and so we were actually able to put our uh, shop on the same land where we have our house uh, we originally started in uh, mobile service stations and uh, years and years ago i've been in the business oh 33 to 35 years and we were in the mobile service stations and you know back then that the uh, we had full service and you had the bays and then all the gas stations started going to self-service and so we uh we kind of lost out on that 
and then we went to a big shop and and a big building and and we had uh, paint and body and and uh, mechanical and so I've done all of that and uh, the guy that owned our building went bankrupt you know years ago when the when the um, um, interest rates and stuff all went up and and uh, so we we kind of lost that and and we came out here in the county and. Uh, we were doing some specialty uh, installation work for Lone Star Gas, and I asked them, Did, does it matter where I do this? And they said no. And so we were uh, blessed with the opportunity to be able to put the shop right here. So we we uh, we paid for it and, and own it, and we don't have to worry about the, the issues of, of, of uh, losing this place. And so we've been here at this location for about 24 years. And uh, back when we first started, it was barely a two-lane road and a one-lane bridge, literally just out in front of us. And and it's this area has grown. We've been blessed. When you talk about the the type of customers that we have and the demographics, we've been blessed that this area we're in, um, the houses around here basically go from two hundred and fifty thousand dollars up to uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So we have a little bit better customer and. Um, uh, a little bit better clientele, and uh, the uh, the majority of our work has all been referral. And as you know, Richard, that that's the best kind of business that you can have is when people refer uh, customers to you because then when they come in, then you have the, the trust issue is already there. They're already uh, knowing that, uh, you know, that they can trust you and then they can rely on you. And so we start off just in in a whole lot better shape, um, and then uh, and like I said, we really just haven't had to do a whole lot of advertising and stuff where we're at here. Well, that, that's that's interesting that you know you you put the shop there, and, and the customers come to you. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's you you took a step out, and and you had the specialty, the installation that was you was doing, but. Uh, you know, you had the shop there, you, you built the shop and then it's great that the customers built housing or, you know, the, the area come to you and that, that's great. And, and you're right. Uh, you know, referral businesses, you've already got some of the hurdles overcome that a lot of repair shops have to experience and, and deal with on a daily basis. Correct. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's. A whole lot of deal whenever uh, you talk about the industry and it's like, okay, the industry has a black eye or the industry doesn't look professional or uh, different deals like that. And that's a lot of the deals that we try to promote. You know, I'm the master tech and and it was like, okay, I, I know this stuff, but what does the ASE mean to the customer well it's it's showing the customer that you're taking the time to take the training you're taking the time to uh, get the certifications and then you know plus you know that you have to keep them current you have to go retest every uh, every five years and so that just shows the customer that i'm trying to do the next step you know in in not only gaining their uh, getting their trust but but gaining it and keeping it yeah, I, I, I almost attribute it to, I mean, ASE certification as uh, you showing the customer you're willing to do your part. Uh, you know, you, you're not just sitting back on your on your laurels and and uh, just expecting them to come to you and, and, and ask you to do your their repairs. 
you're actually putting some some time in the game, some sweat equity of uh, that you're not getting paid for. I mean, I've yet to see anybody get paid for taking an ASC test. Uh, but, you know, you, you spent some time in doing that. So, I mean, you got an established shop. How many technicians do you have there? Well, actually, we're just a, a mom and pop shop. It's actually uh, myself and, and my wife. And uh, she uh, handles the, the phone and the customers and ordering the parts. And uh, occasionally uh, she does uh, the stuff that, that you would uh, think of as a nurse doing, preparing the client, preparing the, uh, the vehicle. And, and uh, she'll do uh, some stuff as far as, uh, you know, um, reading the computers and, and, um, uh, replacing batteries. And, uh, she'll, uh, she'll pull the door panel off of a car to get it ready. So I can go over there and switch out the, uh, the window motor and the window regulator on it. And then yeah. she'll put it back together. And which just amazes uh, a lot of guys. And, uh, and it, you just get a big uh, chuckle out of all the women because they're like, Oh my gosh, look, here's a, <laughs> And so uh, they're so proud of her, and and uh, you know she's she's done a great job. And and uh, here recently, she was invited to be part of uh, Ellis County Women in Business, which is you know is she's getting some recognition that you know that she's uh, she's a big part of uh, of what you know my father's shop is. She's a big part of the community, and and she's always done that as far as uh, being involved with. Uh, just the customers and, and, you know, our community and stuff because she has a servant's heart. And so she's always um, made the effort to reach out to yeah. the, the widow woman's to reach out to the single ladies, to reach out to the, you know, to the older ones. And, uh, you know, if they come in, we not only uh, fix their car while I'm doing that, she'll listen to their story. And, you know, there's, there's a lot more in, in automotive, when uh, you talk about, you know, just taking care of, of the car, well, you also have to take care of the person and, and you also have to educate them. And there's a little bit of training that you have to do with your customers. And so when you when they see that you care about them, then they'll trust you more to care about their car. And so it's just, you know, it's a whole process that we do not just, hey, bring me your car and we'll fix it and send you on your way. We we try to, to be involved in in uh, a whole lot of other aspects. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and you're exactly right. And, and for our listeners who are used to, to you know, I, I've had some some great shop owners on here and, and that have 10 or 15 bays and, and you know, 30-some employees. And, and that was part of what, excited me about having you on the podcast was you bring a different aspect to this uh you know some of our listeners may be saying well why why is jeff concerned about uh you know the the weak uh times that we have now of getting skilled employees uh why would jeff be worried about that so and we had a short discussion about that so let's let's go into that a little bit jeff i mean filling the industry the filling these skilled labor positions well i've always uh you know had had a, had a concern and it's like uh, you can have a concern but uh 
you know, as far as having anyone listen to your voice, they won't always do that. And, and especially um, because, you know, we had a big shop before and, and we downsized, you know, for, for a couple reasons. But we're just a small shop now. We actually do a lot of business and, and the parts guys and the delivery guys that come by, they're just amazed that they'll go, oh my gosh, you you doing as much business as these guys that have two or three uh, uh technicians working for them and and how do you do this and and how do you you know how, how are you still here and and you have equipment that these other guys don't have and you know that's all part of the deal is making the decision to say okay we're going to invest in the training we're going to invest in having the proper equipment and tools so that we can properly service all the vehicles and and you know they the technology and stuff is is changing all the time and so um, what happened a, a couple of years ago was I was doing some, um, and I call it beta testing, and Federal Mogul doesn't. They called it ProViewing the uh, Wagner OEX brake pads that had come out. And so I had always voiced and given my opinion on, on different products and stuff. And so someone had recommended me to them that if you, if you want a guy that will tell you and you might not like what he says, but he'll tell you about the product or he'll tell you about the, the process or whatever. And so uh, they had asked me and, and I guess uh, they felt that I was uh, extremely creditable and they invited me to be in some advertising with the micro and a micro of dirty jobs and so we did that and once that got out into the industry because it was in billboards it was on uh, commercial on tv it's in training videos it was on uh, trade magazines and when people out in the industry started seeing that it didn't say jeff buckley um, my father shop midlothian texas it said jeff buckley midlothian texas and so uh, other others in the industry saw this and and all of a sudden it was given some credibility to my to my voice and so when i came back and i said okay we're not promoting my father's shop we're promoting the industry and we're promoting midlothian texas so how can i use this to promote midlothian texas and how can i use this to help and reach out to the industry and of course some other guys reached out to me and said hey can you do a podcast hey can you talk about this and and here locally i said okay well one of the big deals with automotive businesses is we don't always um, communicate with the other shops in the area. We see them as competition. We don't see them as other ones that are in the industry. And so sometimes you kind of tend to to uh, have the deal out there where they they try to beat, you know, beat each other down or, or talk about each other. And it's like, okay, that's not helping the industry. And so um, if we can promote another shop, you know, and, and they do stuff that we don't do, we don't do alignments. So you have to have another shop around you that does alignments. You know, uh, years ago, I used to do everything. We do engine work, we do paint and body. And uh, over as I've gotten older and uh, because we're a, a smaller shop, um, we've had to, to make the decision that, okay, we're going to do the jobs that are profitable for us. We're going to do the jobs that we can make a living from, um, and other jobs, you know, we have to, to send them, you know, on down. Uh -huh. And so there's, there's other shops that have 
four or five technicians and they got to keep those guys busy. So they'll do the engine work. They'll do uh, some of the work that we don't do. So you have to have a good relationship with the other shops around you. And that's part of what a lot of these organizations in the industry are. If you're part of ASA or are or, or part of a, a 20 group, well, those are all other businesses, all other shops that are coming together to help each other, to support each other. There's a whole big deal on these forums now, um, just like your podcast, Richard, is is where you're trying to 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 teach others. You're trying to take the knowledge that that successful shops have, and you're trying to share it. You're trying to pass it along to other ones so that they can uh, help so that they can get some benefits. And so I see that. And so I started reaching out and doing different deals. And uh, the chamber asked me to be to be part of that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not a guy that can sit here and say, okay, well, we're going to do a wine and arts festival. Let me do all the planning for it. I'm a guy that says, okay, we're having a meeting and, and there's these different groups that we meet with. Like, do they meet with the the nonprofits, the local charities. And it's like, okay, how can I take this knowledge that I learned out in the industry on doing social media, on on uh, sharing what you do, and how can I pass that to them in order so that they can share what they're doing? Because a lot of people will come and ask you for money, but if someone can tell you what they do and that touches their heart, then you'd want to give them money. They're not asking you for money. You want to give it to them because that's something that you can relate to. Well, a lot of that is in our business too, as far as, okay, if we can show you how these cars cost so much money and it's a benefit to you to change the oil, to use the proper oil, to use the proper filters, to change it on a regular basis. And now this $30,000 car, you know, will last you 200,000 miles then all of a sudden you're getting, you know, a return on, on, on that vehicle and, and you're being able to, to let it last longer and stuff. And so anyways, in these different committees, I was uh, recently involved in a meeting where they brought in the local industries. And here in Midlothian, we have steel plants, we have the cement plants, and uh, the Midlothian Economic Development is going out trying to bring um, – industry into the area but they're also bringing the support industries that support the industries that are already here and so um we sat down and all of these guys we had a meeting with the the chamber the city the school and the uh, midlothian economic development and these other guys in these industries started saying hey uh, if we could talk to the uh, the superintendent of the schools right here, if we could ask him one thing to do for us, we want you to tell your counselors to tell uh, the young people about the opportunities that we have. We're looking for, and they just had basic needs. They're looking for someone, a young person that's respectful. They're looking for a young person that will show up on time. They're looking for a young person that doesn't say, I can only work eight to five that they're willing to work eight hours whenever, if it's, it might be the morning, it might be the afternoon. And they're looking for uh, young people that have some mechanical aptitude. We'll teach them the rest. And I was sitting there listening and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the same thing that we're saying for our industry, for the automotive Mm -hmm. industry. How do we get these young people in? How do we reach the, the ones that 
would give us the most benefit? How much, how can we reach the ones that would give us the most return on investment? Because that's what a lot of people have forgotten is that we have to invest in these young people. We have to invest in our time to train them, in our time to have patience with them, in order to teach them the skills that we want them to know that apply to our particular business and then grow them into what we need. Um, because, they're, you know, they can go to a lot of these other schools, but they're not always teaching them the skills that we want. Right. And and that's a, that's been a big topic in the industry here recent is, you know, growing your own technician. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a couple of articles recently I just read this week on on mentoring, uh, you know, young technicians or young people uh, on this industry. So, yeah, I mean, and that's what one thing that people need to understand, especially the listeners and the people in the automotive industry, that it's not just us as an industry that are, that are needing qualified employees. It's the entire skilled trades uh, group of, of employers that are, are needing employees. Correct. And so then when you say right there, trade skills. So then you look at your schools, you look at your community and say, okay, do, does our schools have it? And um, in, in Dallas and in, in North uh, Dallas, those schools all have trades and, and, and different variant um, skills that, that they teach and that they have in their school. Out here in Midlothian, we actually don't have trades in our school. We were actually, uh, Midlothian sends our students to the next town over to Waxahachie. And I was just amazed that it was like, uh, okay, why are we doing that? Because we pay the other school district to, to teach the kids. And if the kids are in a, a trade um, class, the state pays the school more money than if the student is in an AP class. And so it's like, okay, the school district has the opportunity to make more money because all these school districts are saying they don't have enough money and they're always talking about the budget. And it's like, oh my gosh, you guys, you know, we're missing the boat in several ways. And the local school is missing it because they can get more money coming in if they teach the trades and then uh, then you have some budget issues and stuff but then also if we're not teaching these kids in school when when you ask a student what are you going to do when you graduate what are you going to do when you go to college a lot of them don't know because they haven't been given the opportunities to experience the different um jobs that are out there that are available I, they think oh I want to be a veterinarian. And my oldest son um, said, hey, I want to be a veterinarian. I contacted the, the local, uh, one of the local veterinarians here, and, and he was a friend of ours. And, and I said, hey, can we come up in the evenings or, you know, or, or, or whenever and uh, on the weekends and see what you do and, and let him see and, and, and experience this. And, and he said, yeah, yeah, come on up. In fact, uh, this weekend, I'm going to be cutting the horns off of a bunch of, uh, of goats. And they dehorn them, and, and when they show them, and, and uh, it was like, hey, okay. 
And so we go up there and, and um, they put the goat in, in a chute and, you know, we're holding them and they grab these big old, and I'm telling you, it was like bolt cutters or, or pruning shears and, and they put them on that goat and just snap them uh, horns off. And the thing that you don't understand about goats and horns is the horns go into their navel cavity their nasal cavity uh-huh. in other words you know so when you cut that horn off the blood <laughs> and i'm not gonna get out but in <laughs> other words all of a sudden you know that's the top of their their head and now you have a big opening and and you know blood's coming out and and my son starts wobbling around and it didn't, <laughs> it didn't take them 30 seconds to figure out okay i probably don't want to be a veterinarian and <laughs> And so those are the opportunities that we don't give a lot of these students. We don't, you know, have them come over to the, the shops and stuff. And so is is it something that the shops are doing wrong? And I say, no, it's something that has just been forgotten. Because when I started meeting with this, this group and saying, okay, here's the needs. They need to get trades back into the schools. I went to four local shops and I said, hey. They're trying to bring trades back in. If they bring trades in, then they need those students working at a shop. Would you be interested in bringing in a student? And, and uh, you know, while they're teaching them, then you have them in the afternoons and you teach them and, and you might develop a, a, a technician. And all four of the shops were wholeheartedly, oh, my gosh, yes. And I was, so then I took it to the next step and I said, okay, will you put your money where your mouth is? Will you give a $500 scholarship uh, towards these kids going to Texas State Technical College? So you have them as they're uh, coming out of high school and then you get them sent over here and they'll learn a little bit more and then they're working for you. All four shops said, oh, my gosh, yes, I will be happy to give a scholarship. And so the shops are all seeing the possibilities, but no one is stepping up to the plate and saying, okay, here's a program. Here's a way we can do it. We have a lot of talk, but sometimes, you know, you have to either lead, follow, or get out of the way. Well, I decided, okay, I I guess, you know, you can talk about it, but unless you're willing to step up and do something about it, in order to, to direct it or to bring them here or to find shops, then you're just talking. And so I, I went to them, and like I said, all the shops were, are totally interested. And so I'm sure all the shops that are out there that are listening to your program are going, oh, my gosh, yes, we would do that. Well, guess what? All you have to do is go to your local school, go to the high school, and say, hey, do you have a, a, a shop program? Do you have a, the trades? Will you let us have a student in the afternoon? And uh, you'd be surprised. There, there's a lot of kids out there that are willing to, to come do that. I've had many parents contact me and say, hey, my child is interested in this, in automotive. Can he come by? Can he? They, they were willing to intern for, for, for nothing. They were willing to come over and, and give us, you know, two or three hours a day just for the opportunity to see if their child, uh, uh, you know, if this was something that they wanted to do. And, of course, there's a lot of people that would take advantage of them and say, oh, yes, yeah, come on over. We'll we'll let you be intern. We'll take you for free. I kind of have a little bit of a moral dilemma with that. And I think, no, if a guy's coming over 
working for you and, and, and giving you his time, then you should, you know, out of respect and give them some money back. Right. You know, it might be, it, it might be a lower fee, but at least, you know, return it. And then, then you have respect both ways. That's yeah. kind of my, my thought. Absolutely. Building that mutual respect. And, you know, and one of the things you talked about there that made me think, first off, going back a little bit, you talked about how shops are, uh, it's a shame repair shops are, are kind of neglect to realize that we're all repair shops together in one industry and, and, you know, and sharing that work. And I think part of that is the reason why a lot of shops, um, don't necessarily think about being involved with a student. Um, you know, there, there, there's that it's my shop and, and I'm going to take care of it. And, and they're looking beyond, uh, they're looking for that, you know, C-level technician that they can hire out of a trade school when actually, you know, in, in the program you're talking about here and, and outlining, uh, they're, they're growing a, a C-level technician that, uh, is actually interested in the industry and your example about your son and the veterinarian, you know, a lot of these students are tactical learners so that they have to have their hands on it and actually see it and, and before they can really determine if it's something they're interested in. So, Correct. so providing that experience and then they may, you know, if one out of five decides that, uh, yeah, the automotive industry is what I want to do. Well, those other four, they may not be in the automotive industry, but they may help fill other skilled positions as a carpenter, as, as a pipe fitter, as a plumber, you know, as an HVAC specialist, um, you know, and, and that's something that I've talked about quite a bit is how important it is for all the skilled trades to work towards a common goal of, of finding these employees that will be their star employee. Correct. And, and uh, that's the deal is you have to, to give them the, the opportunity. And like you said, you know, you might get one out of, out of five, but it's the same thing as, okay, if you take the ones out of the, out of the various trade schools that have been, you know, they've already been promised this, the pie in the sky and they haven't really been taught what we do in, in each particular shop, then you're, you're, you're both coming in with, with, a little bit of unreal expectations and uh, one of the most interesting deals was um I, i'm sure you know john gardner mm -hmm. he does um john gardner tv he does a, a couple shows on velocity yeah. but he also teaches uh, the college at um it's a state college in in um in, in florida, florida. Yeah. chipola and yeah. yeah chipola and um i I had the opportunity to interview him. I called him and said, Hey John, can I do a little uh, interview with you? Because I do a lot of the videos. I do a lot of uh, um, videos, you know, to try to help the industry and try to share some ideas. And, and, um, he goes, he agreed. And, and we were at SEMA and they were going around filming, uh, different, you know, what's going on at SEMA. And he, he stopped and, the um, the director and the the other guys that was you know in charge of all that said oh my gosh if someone wants to interview us and share about what we're doing yes we will stop and answer the questions and so i told john i said john look right in the camera and you train these these students that that we're getting you know you don't train them all but you're you're training some that come into the industry so if you're looking at 
into the camera, tell the shop owners what to expect out of these students and what would you ask of the shop owner? And he goes, oh my gosh, Jeff, that's such an interesting question. If I could look at the shop owner and I could tell them, if I could meet with each shop owner before they hired one of my students, I would say, number one, be patient. Yeah. They, we, we can only teach them what cars come to us. We can only teach them hands-on what stuff that we have to deal with. In other words, if some manufacturer gives them some four-speed transmissions, they're not trained on six-speed and eight-speeds. If uh, they don't have a, a car comes in that has the, the new um, assisted driver technology because those are brand new, then, you know, they never get exposed to that, but they'll get exposed to it at your shop. So if I can ask the shop owners, be patient with them for six months to a year, and then I tell my student, okay, yes, you're graduated, and yes, you're going to work for somebody, but you need to take the first six months to a year as continued education you're still being trained you're still being taught and listen to what they need listen to what they do and uh, let their other technicians show you the way that they do stuff and show you expose you to the the technology that that they have and then we can have you two mesh we can it'll be a better suit if they just come in and the shop owner goes okay man this guy came from from uh, tech school, so he's a B tech. Okay, do we have some unreal expectations there? And the same thing, the the, the student comes in and goes, oh my gosh, I, I learned all this and, and I've taken all the ASA tests and, and I'm a master tech and they don't have all the hands-on experience, then, you know, we have some, some, some expectations there. And so a lot of times as shop owners, we're, we're real quick I, I get a kick out of the the uh, loop center up on the corner that their sign all the time says now hiring. It doesn't say AC specials this month. Let us check your cooling system. Time to check your brakes. The sign says now hiring because they get them in with un, un uh, with unreal expectations, and then as soon as they mess up one time, they're gone. Yeah. So, there's another one and and there's not enough of those out there and so as an industry as shop owners we need to have a little bit more patience we need to pair them up with our b tech or a tech and we need to train them and show them the ways that that you know because it's your shop so show them what your shop does show them what your your uh, specialty is show them how you treat customer cars show them how you treat your customers and i think that's that's one thing you know that that we've been relying on others to do and as as shop owners you know we need to do it and and you know these people that are i i see the different forms and i see a lot of shops out there struggling and i see a lot of shops that think, oh my gosh, a, a one-man shop is just, you know, it's, it's a shade tree shop or it's a, they, they can't make a living. And it's like, no, you can. And and you can charge, you know, a fair, a fair price so you make a fair living. And it's just by the way that you service your customers, by the way that, 
that you know if you treat your employees with respect you treat your your customers with respect then in return that's what you get and then you can charge the amounts that you need to charge to make a living you can charge the amounts you need to to pay for the equipment that you need to have you can charge the amount so that you can have the newest piece of technology that makes your job easier yeah you're you're exactly right and going back to talking about john uh, I've known John for uh, several years. I was actually uh, had the opportunity to be on his show. And, you know, I recently I just recorded a podcast with John that we're going to release. And, and that was one of the things that we talked about in depth was just what you mentioned was if we don't give these students real world expectations, then we're setting them up, setting them up for failure as they leave these technical schools and, and I think part of that is uh, to help that is is helping them at even a younger age to show them what the industry is uh, and, and, you know, being able to show those young people what the what the true automotive industry is. I mean, it's an outstanding industry. You can you can be like like you are successful at, at, a, at a family owned repair facility or or you can be a multi-shop owner uh there's really no limits on what and how successful you can be in this industry uh and, and i think even trying i'm thinking back to me and john's discussion you know like he said i mean a lot of these students and he and he said that very same thing to me you know he tells his students that and uh he, he finds that they they are more successful as far as staying in the industry than than a lot of the national averages are. So in in Midlothian, uh, you know, you talked about some of these these schools, uh, and, and let's give the listeners an idea. How big is as far as population wise, and, and as far as high schools, what's the population in Midlothian, and how many high schools are you dealing with? Well, we we basically have had uh, one high school, and then um, I think three. It might be three years now. They opened a second one, and there's various different reasons. Uh, you know, when when these schools uh, make a secondary high school, and some of it has to do with um, being competitive in the different. Um, UIL groups that they're in, whether they're 4A, 5A, 6A, right. you know, and, and, and so I think it was kind of for that reason, Midlothian made a, a smaller high school. Um, and in fact, they just had their first graduating class. My niece was in that and, and, uh, just, uh, so proud of her. She, she was the, uh, the, the second one. So the valedictorian and, um, you know, it was just it was just yeah. an honor to see to see how smart she was, but yeah. to see how smart she is. <laughs> but um, you know, they they did this this deal, and so if you come back and look, you know, Midlothian probably has in the area of, of twenty twenty two thousand um, in the city, but then the school district probably encompasses an area you know that that includes. Uh, it's it's a bigger area, right, and it actually right. overlaps some of these other little uh, towns. Mm -hmm. And you know the population, you know, 
probably is is up in the the thirty thousand to maybe you know thirty three thirty five thousand maybe is but the school size like we just now have two high schools we have two middle schools and there's probably six elementaries <laughs> they're just um, planning on enlarging the second high school and uh, the third uh, middle school will be built uh, within a year and a half. Uh, it's actually just around the corner from us and they're adding another um, elementary and they've actually torn down the original uh, elementary just recently closed it. They didn't tear it down. They closed it and they're rebuilding another one uh, around the corner from it. And it's going to have that same name. And they're actually looking at one of the possibilities when I talk about trade schools and stuff is they're thinking, Hey, is there any way that they can retrofit that old one um, to do trades over there? Right. And that was one of the interesting deals because a lot of times, you know, they, they look in a box and uh, one of the comments when I was at this meeting was um, one in the industry said, we need welders. And the uh, superintendent said, well, you know, three year, three to five years down the road, we'll, we'll see if we can, you know, get that going. And I was like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You actually have welding right now. The ag, the FFA, you know, they do welding. And uh, one of the, the, the other high school actually, uh, a group of students won grand champions for making this dump trailer. It was an amazing uh, trailer, you know, with probably three or four foot sides and, you know, multicolors and, right. and uh, you know, hooks to a, a fifth wheel or a gooseneck. And, and it was a dump trailer. And it was like, oh, my gosh, these guys built this. And I said, so you have welding over here. The problem is, is you have two or three ag teachers trying to teach, you know, 60 or 90 kids, you know, because you have different classes. And so you, they may have 90 projects going out there and you only have two or three students. And so I said to the, um, to the guy that said they need welders, I said, what we need to do is two things. Number one is you need to offer a couple of your welders or your administrators to volunteer, come over here to the school twice a week, three times a week and help those teachers teach these guys how to weld. And now after the first year, you'll figure out which ones are welders. So then the second year, you guys need to uh, donate some equipment because these guys are using stick welders and, and they might have three or four uh, wire feed welders over there. But you guys are welding aluminum, you're doing TIG. And so now you need to donate some equipment the second year and then have your guys teach the second year students and you bring over your uh, stuff that you're wanting them to weld and you teach them how to weld. And so when they graduate after the second year, guess what? You've got, you've done major uh, employees right here. You're bringing them right into the trade and now you can send them over here to TSDC to learn the, the, the other parts and, and so that they can get a um, associate's degree and they said, well, we'll pay for that. And I said, if you're willing to pay for the sending them to TSTC, are you not willing to, to donate some time and some equipment over here where you're getting them right out of high school? And they were like, oh, my gosh. And it's like light bulb went off. Nobody's <laughs> thought about that. Yeah. And it's like there's just different deals like that. You know, when when uh, John, John is such a great guy. He is just the nicest 
down-to-earth guy, you know, to, to just meet him and, and, and he'd be willing to talk and, and share with you. And and uh, and he notices what, what you're doing out in the industry. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, this, it's an honor and, and to meet a guy like John. But when he tells you, okay, if I could talk to the, to the um, shop owners, this is what I tell them. But he tells his students that. He tells them, okay, when you're coming out, you're going to work for this guy, and he might pay you 10 bucks an hour. But guess what? That's the same price you would make if you went over flipping hamburgers, but you're not learning nothing flipping hamburgers. At least the shop's going to be teaching you stuff while you're earning 10 bucks an hour. Yeah. And that was the greatest thing that, you know, if, if we could just share John's story more with, with shop owners, you know, that's that's what they need to hear. And then, you know, and then the, the cooperation, cooperating amongst each other and then taking the step to reach out and go to their local school and say, hey, <coughs> do you have some students? Yeah. I mean, being able to create that interaction between and, and I think that's something that uh, I remember back years ago, obviously years ago when I was in high school, that there was some of that interaction going on then. But it seems like we've had a period of time that that has lessened, uh, has become less within the auto, automotive, which is what you know we're familiar with, and also uh, education. I mean, I remember you mentioned um, you know having gas stations and being full service. Well, I, I remember working at a gas station when it was full service and you know we we done tire repair we fixed wiper blades kind of got yeah, young people were able to get their feet wet at a job and, and it was on the job training basically uh correct which wasn't i mean let's let's face it that's not really highly technical but it got young people's feet wet and then we've had a period of time now and, and correct me if i'm wrong Jeff, but we've had a period of time now that those things have, have fallen away. And, you know, some of the things you're talking about with, with the company that needs welders or, you know, these repair shops that are willing to put up a scholarship, uh, you know, we're starting to look at, you know, those things are important. Getting those people, getting these young people involved in an industry, whether it's the industry they want to stay in or not, but getting them involved and getting their hands for lack of a better term, their hands dirty, uh, in the industry and seeing if it's really what they want to do. Correct. And, and when you talk about the schools and all of that, what happened is, is there was a shift from, you know, where we had this shop, whether it be wood shop, whether it be, uh, um, paint and body shop, whether it be automotive shop, uh, you know, we, we had a shift from that to, okay, everybody's got to go to college. We were, preparing them for college. And now what you see is you have an overabundance of uh, students. You know, everyone, the parents all think, okay, you have to, I want better for you th than I had. So you have to go to college to get a college degree. So you'll succeed and, and you'll have a better job than what I had. And what happens is they come out of there with uh, a huge student debt. But they also go to college, and again, they were, were not exposed to the 
industry that they're trying to go into, into the profession they're trying to go into. And so you have a lot of them that, that come out with the degrees that um, there's there's too many of those degrees out there. We had the, um, the uh, chancellor of the TSTC come up. He, they're based down in Waco, but he's in charge of all the TSTCs that are in Texas and uh, all the different uh, campuses and he came up and and he talked with the the local school we had the school boards there we uh, school board members and we had the principals there we had a lot of the counselors and um, then a lot of the the local businesses and it was a lunch meeting and he said okay and he and he gets his his uh, PowerPoint deal going up on the board and he says okay here's how many go to college here's how many come out with the degrees here's a, a section right here, the middle section, all of these have an overabundance of degrees, so there's not enough jobs for these degrees. And then down here in the skilled workers, he said there's an overabundance of jobs and not enough applicants and not enough people learning how to do that. So when you look at, at um, okay, where is the best return on investment for my time and for my money of myself or of my child, then you look at these and you say, oh my gosh, they go to school and, and there's already too many of these uh, out there. You know, they could go to trade school and come out with little to no student debt and go right into a job. And, you know, depending on their aptitude, depending on what shop they, they go into and, and depending on uh, how much technology they get into as far as stepping up and, and you know, becoming an, an A-tech, whether it be in, in, in three years or five years, you know, and, and the other students are still in college, then when they graduate, they're just starting out. And all of a sudden, the ones that are in the trade industries can actually you know, be earning more. And one of the things that I do want to bring up is if you look at the other trades and we're talking about, you said the pipe fitters, the, the, you know, the, the electricians, the, the plumbing, the, the welders and all those, the majority of all those have intern programs where you're, you're going in as an apprentice, you're going in as a journeyman, and then you become a master where, you, you know, you're, you have the uh, certifications to, to go out in business on your own. The automotive industry doesn't do that. No, and, and, and I, I have long thought, uh, I had the opportunity with a past employer to do quite a bit of training up in Canada. And, uh, you know, Canada has a similar situation where uh, as, a, as a technician, you're, you start out as a journeyman. You have to work under someone. And, and I forget the exact details of that, but they actually, if you leave a school to go out and work in the automotive repair industry, you were a journeyman. Correct. And, and or an apprentice. And, and you had to work up to being a journeyman. And there were steps that they had to follow before they could ever actually go and, and open their own shop. Now, in the United States... Uh, if you could go down to Sears and had the money to buy a toolbox, uh, <laughs> you you could rent a local garage and, and you could go to work. And, hey, and they don't even have to rent a garage. And that's where <laughs> the term shade tree comes from, you know, because you got guys doing it out of their 
out of their house garage. You guys got 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 them doing it out of their backyard. Yeah. And then a, a lot of our businesses look at that as, oh my gosh, that's our competition, and we can't charge more because you know that guy down the street will do it, you know, in his backyard for half the price that I will. And that's where it's like, okay, that's not your competition. You know, that's just someone else that's offering a service. So show what you do, show what you do, the, the, how you do it better. And, you know, people like to be spoiled. You know, if you look at at, at, at just, you know, when, when you travel or when you go someplace or when you go to a sporting event, you know, where do you want to sit? You want to sit down on the floor seats. Where do you want to sit? You want to sit up in the suite and have someone spoil you, you know, and bring you some mm -hmm. food and, and people want to be spoiled. You know, when you travel, you want to be in the back or do you want to be up in first class? And yeah. so people like that. And so if your business can cater to them, can show them, can, can treat people like that, it doesn't matter what the guy around the corner is charging. Very true. And, 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 and that's, you know, I keep thinking that's a whole nother. And, and I, I would, I, I would entertain the fact that I, I believe you would be a good uh, guest for this podcast that I'm thinking about, but uh, <laughs> operating, operating a shop. I mean, just, just yeah. using the mentality, uh, you know, using what you have available and understanding how, to business plan a repair shop, I think that's one topic and, and I'm kind of getting off to the side yeah. here, but, uh, you know, that's one topic that I'm, I'm saying I'm getting off to the side, but I think young people, even, even those who are in college and, and let's say they're an automotive program, they may aspire to be a shop owner. I mean, I, I have put on several training classes at community colleges and I'll ask them, you know, how many of you aspire to be a shop owner in the future? And, and about 30 to 35 percent of them will raise their hands that they aspire to be a shop owner. So, you know, having giving showing them that knowledge and, and you know, you talked about these shops that were willing to put up five hundred dollar scholarship. I venture to bet maybe. If they do that and they and they take a technician, a young technician, and grow him within their shop and mentor him, you know that may be the gentleman or, or the, the the lady that becomes the succession in that shop. That person may move up and buy that shop. So, you know, talking about that type of planning and and everything is, I think, is extremely important to to show these young people also that you know you can work through this industry. And be a shop owner and, and, and move on beyond that even. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, too, as far as, you know, bringing uh, people into the trades and stuff. Part of what we're not looking is, uh, you know, I don't think uh, a lot of us are looking forward into the future. And and when I say into the future, it's like, you know, uh, yesterday or, or, or uh, next week. Because we have a lot of these cars out here now that, you know, are... are ADSAS, you know, the, the uh, assisted driver ones, yeah. not the autonomous cars, but yeah. the assisted driving one. And, um, you know, I was uh, was invited to a, a meeting in Detroit last year where they had the engineers sit down, you know, that were designing these and, and uh, the top guys in the industry um, and, and let us, you know, explain what they're doing and, and let us talk and ask questions. And, and a lot of these guys were just, you know, their, their jaws were on the floor and I was like, okay, all right, all right, 
Are you guys not out in your shop or you're not watching the TV commercials? Because there's cars that'll stop, you know, <laughs> when you're driving up on, on somebody, you know, it'll break. You, and Ford has had the car where you press the button and it parallel parks, you know. Yeah. So this technology has been out there. They just haven't been using it and adapting it. And now they are. They're reaching out with the with the um, the sonar, the um, uh, ultrasound. Yeah. The LIDAR, the radar, three different systems and the different cameras around it and the software that with the camera that will recognize a, a person or a car or, 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 a, or a speed limit signs and the GPS and the, and the signs that say, hey, you're curving. And it's like, OK, now are we trying to reach a new level of technician? And so when we say, okay, trying to bring some of these kids in, you got a lot of these kids that, that are into the, the gamers and, the, and the, the different types of stuff like that. And that's going to be a different technician than what you and me started with, you know, where you say, oh, hey, we were getting our hands dirty. We were doing tires. We were doing wipers. We were doing, you know, um, mm -hmm. all the different things, the oil changes. And now some of these technicians that we're bringing in, you know, you have to have a base set up to do the calibration on these new systems if the um, windshield gets replaced, if uh, they hit the front bumper and, it, and, it, and the body shop fixes them, okay, well, all the body shops aren't going to have a base set up to recalibrate this system. And when we say, okay, well, what is that going to affect on the car? Well, if the car go, gets fixed at the body shop and then goes down the road and the customer presses the cruise and they say, hey, my cruise doesn't work. Well, it's because the system defaulted and said, and, and it wasn't recalibrated. And so besides turning off the cameras or besides not being able to, to break, you know, before it hits something, Hey, guess what? Your, your cruise isn't going to work. Your adaptive cruise isn't going to work yeah. because that's part of these other systems. And so now we have to have some technicians, some, some trade people come in that we can train them on some of these new systems. And it's like, Hey, instead of being on the alignment rack all day, you're going to be on this bay right here where we're, you know, recalibrating these deals and it's not like obd obd2 and and where the government said okay all of these have to be in the same spot and all of these have to talk the same way and you just plug this connector in these manufacturers all have different systems and so when i was at this meeting it was like okay at this current time there's 20 different sets of targets there's not one target that fits everybody. Each manufacturer came up with different targets and there's 20 different sets of targets and those targets are $1,500 a piece. And some of them have to be put out here 20 feet. Some of them have to be put out here 30 feet. Some of them have to be put out here and, and you have to use lasers and, and it puts a mark on the ground and that's where you set the target and then you can and align it. And guess what? It has to be full of gas and nothing in the trunk and um, only one person in it. And, uh, you know, so it, and your, your concrete has to be level. And so now we're talking about being able to reach some new students that might be interested in our trade. Whereas they're not the old hot rod guys that are like, Hey, I want to take this old car and put and soup up a Corvette engine and put it in yeah. this you know, and, and so 
that's part of what we have to start thinking on is, is okay, this new technology, who are we going to have work on it? Yeah, I mean, and that's something uh, you, you're very true in, in saying that. I mean, I don't think we've been a very good industry at showing the technology, uh, not only to future uh, possible technicians, but we've not been very good at explaining the technology to our customers either. So, I All mean, right. I think as an industry, that's definitely a situation where we need to, we need to get better, you know, and, and that's very true. I mean, being able to show those future technicians, that technology that's available and, and is, is out there is, would be a great recruiting tool. Correct. <laughs> but sometimes it's like, okay, we have to think outside the box. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, Jeff, we, we have talked about so many things and, and, and I have, I deeply enjoyed the conversation and, uh, you know, but I don't want to take away a lot of time from you and your family. And, and I appreciate the time that we've given me, but I also see some other, and I've made several notes here, you know, other future podcasts that we could get in and, and talk about, uh, you know, but there's a couple things I would like to get from you. Uh, one is your closing thoughts. What, what would you, if you had a room full of shop owners, let's say we were at SEMA or Apex and, and there was a, a room full of shop owners that were sitting down and, and they were going to listen to Jeff Buckley talk about the industry. What would you tell them? Well, first of all, we tell them get comfortable because this hour, <laughs> uh, this hour talk is going to turn into two hours. <laughs> and and uh, you know the the biggest thing is is we as an industry need to decide, you know, what we're going to do about bringing in the the trades. Are we going to, uh, you know, the, the skilled help that we need? Are we going to do like we've done in the past? Is sit back and and uh, wait for somebody else to train them and then bring them in and then pick and choose, or are we going to be proactive and start developing our own? Are we going to uh, start thinking outside the box, outside of our shop, you know, because the community supports our shop. So now let's look outside of our shop to the community and see how can we give back and in return on giving back, you're going to. Uh, be blessed with, you know, coming into contact with, with the, the type of folks that you need to have in your shop and then deciding, okay, instead of letting them go pay someone else to train them, let me bring them in and I'm going to train them, you know, the, what, with what we do, with what our specialty is, because you have shops that just work on Europeans, you have shops that just work on Asians, you have general repair shops. And then you have shops that, you know, do front end work. And, and of course, in our industry, I think they've, they've uh, all the shop owners have learned that they have to diversify a little bit. But you still have to concentrate on the jobs that are profitable for you. So you have to say that the same way. And the people that you're looking for and the help that you have currently and the help you're looking in in the future you have to do the same thing you have to look at, at at folks that will be profitable for you and so how do we do that how do we develop it well it's it's get out from behind your desk and <laughs> you know and then be involved you know you have to give a little bit of yourself 
we just can't sit back and and uh, you know rest on our laurels. We can't take you know keep taking. We have to start giving back. And so all these shop owners out there, it's like there's a lot of opportunities for us. But what are you going to do? Are you going to lead, follow, or get out of the way? Yeah, and you know if if someone asked me right now how to how to cap this this podcast episode is is I mean, you have said those words multiple times, giving back. How do I give back? And and I think that's very important for the shop owners out there and, and our listeners to hear. I mean, uh, you know, how do you help? And, and, and the thing is, the thing I want to listen and I want to reiterate this is you personally aren't necessarily looking for a bunch of technicians. You personally have worked, and, and I commend you for it, worked within the, the in relationship to industry, to education. You've worked within there and helped fill some voids. I mean, I commend you for that. And, and you, you said, you know, it'd be great to be able to share John's story. I, I think it's great to be able to share Jeff's story. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really do because... You have seen a need. I mean, you, you, you've seen the need. You made the illustration of, of the welding shop. Uh, you know, you, you talked about talking to the local repair shops. You have seen the need, how it is important to connect industry, whether that be Correct. welding or automotive, to education. And I think we've spent too much time in the last 10 years uh, allowing those to be separated. Correct. <laughs> So I commend you on that, Jeff. I mean, well, well, thank you, thank you very much, and 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 I know we've talked a, a long, long time, and there's a lot of things we could still talk about, and and I just want to say thank you for for reaching out to me. I'm I'm honored that uh, that you reached out to me, and and uh, I'm more than happy and and to share anything I can that would help the industry. And as you can say, I'm not necessarily looking to fill a bunch of technician needs for myself, but the need is out there for the industry. And so it's like, okay, how can we do that? And so that's more of what I'm trying to share, more of what I'm trying to help, um, you know, and, and uh, I will so say, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I will say, I mean, we've talked a few times and, and within just a few minutes of each time that we've talked, it's not hard to see your passion for the industry. I, I mean, that's the, it really comes through in what you talk about and, and, and how you share stories and, and, and things that, that will help the industry. So, you know, you, you really, it really comes through and, you know, and, and I want our listeners to understand that, Hey, if you're in Midlothian, Texas and, and, uh, you've got a minute, they ought to stop by and see you and, and, and get on your Facebook page. I mean, um, you know, I, I follow you on Facebook and, and you're, you're, you're showing videos all the time and, and just those things, uh, I think really shows a personal, uh, it gives the automotive industry a personality. You're using social media to give the on in industry a, a positive personality. So again, I mean, I, I, I congratulate you on that. 
Well, and, and speaking on social media, my a little plug here. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel. It's a little hard to find Jeff Buckley because there's actually a Christian singer that's passed away that's named Jeff Buckley. And so you have to dig a little bit, but you can put in Jeff Buckley Certified Auto Repair or Jeff Buckley Midlothian, Texas. And, and you'll see I have a lot of videos on, on YouTube. Uh, go on there and, and subscribe. But I have a lot of videos on there, which, which aren't how-to videos. They're generic videos videos that you can share at your shop if you don't do videos. Uh, if you go on my Facebook uh, deal, uh, my, uh, my Father's Shop Certified Auto Repair, there's the videos there. If you go on my personal Facebook, Jeff Buckley, there's videos there. Any of the listeners are welcome to take any of those and share them and say, hey, oh my gosh, we, we do this. We offer this service because I tell the people, if you don't come to my shop, go to a certified shop in your area with certified techs. And this is just showing them some of the deals that need to be done on their cars. It's not telling them how to do it. It's not uh, saying that I do it uh, a certain way or better than anybody else. It's just showing them this is what needs to be done. And and so those videos are out there and available for, for anybody to use and share because a lot of people don't do the videos right now. Yeah, and, and, and that's one thing we, we are going to – uh, we're going to provide links uh, in this in the podcast in the show notes uh, to to all those pages, uh, so the listeners can uh, can get those links either when they subscribe to iTunes or, or or whenever they listen to the podcast, they'll be able to pick up on those links and and get to those videos. and And that is one thing I will say, Jeff. Those videos are uh, the way you've done them is helpful for other shops that aren't doing video there they they will help educate that shop's customer so yeah that's definitely definitely true so jeff i mean we we have talked about a lot of things and you know and and uh, hopefully we'll meet up again and and either in person or at sema or apex or or wherever uh vision i don't know if you go to vision or not uh out in kansas city but uh you know different avenues and we may meet up personally or maybe i can have you as a guest on a podcast again uh i've oh. i've seriously i've seriously enjoyed it and i've seriously enjoyed the conversation that we've had well thank you so much richard well i uh until we until we talk again uh i like i said i'm gonna get those links from you and we'll be sure and get those so the listeners can capture those and and uh and go to see those videos and see my father's shop certified automotive repair and, and see Jeff Buckley talking about different products and different services and different items that need to be done to the vehicle. Well, thank you so much. And again, I'm, I'm so honored that you reached out and, and that, that you think I have something to, to share with the industry. So thank you very much for that. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Technician Academy's podcast. Brought to you by Extend Performance. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or Google Play and visit us online at technician.academy. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Please help us spread our Respect is Learn message by liking and sharing our content on your social media platforms. Technician.academy, where respect is learned.